as one of the great Christian thinkers of the 20th century, Clive Staples Lewis tells us, He that but looketh on a plate of ham and eggs to lust after it hath already committed breakfast with it in his heart. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity, uh, the show where each and every week, Nikki and I do the best we can to help Christians navigate this ever-increasingly secular world and try to keep our eyes focused on Christ and live in a righteous life as best we can. So thank you for joining us. And if you find this show at all enjoyable, rewarding, or you have pity on us, it doesn't make a difference, <laughs> uh, drop us a subscribe, follow us, leave us a positive review. We would appreciate that. Um, but yeah, today we are diving into really two main topics. We're going to talk about our our biblical topic for the day is going to be on the fifth of our seven deadly sins, which is lust. We're going to be talking about that at the end of the show. And really, Will Smith, um, that's that's what dominated the world, uh, at least the American part of the world this week. So we're going to be talking about that as we go through our news of the week. Um, but before we dive into all of that, is there anything you would like to say? I uh, just want to say if you all been praying for my back, it's feeling better. Uh, it's really weird. The day I went to the doctor was the morning I woke up and it wasn't hurting. <laughs> yeah, how strange. The doctor's like, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, it's nice. She's just a big nice. baby. She wants free back rubs is what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he gives really good back rubs. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, move it along. Um, yeah, pray for us. We are, we've mentioned before, we're staying in this townhouse that we are in currently. That's the plan, at least. And uh, we have a dog here, and this might be the worst place in the world to have a dog. And we are debating and looking for maybe a better place to move him to. He's a great dog, perfect family dog, but this is an awful place for a dog yeah. to live. Because we have kids who don't shut the door a lot. Well, and not he only gets that. Out it's just often. there's nothing for him. We don't In have a that. yard. We don't have a park. We don't like, it's just a street, you know, with no yard. So it's really bad. So we're looking to try to find a nice home for him. So just pray for us on that front. Well, he was a stray when we got him. We didn't just choose to have him. He was a right. stray. So we kept him, but we never really wanted a dog. So don't <laughs> shame us for being those people who, who do that with dogs. But yeah, we want him to have a better life. But it'd be nice if it was like somebody we knew who had space for him and like the kids could still go because they'll, they'll miss him. But it's a really bad situation. Just pray for us. If we keep him, yeah. we keep him. You know, we, like she said, we fostered him. We basically found him as a stray you know, whatever. We were looking to find his owners. They didn't want him. So we kept him. It was him and his, a female dog that was with him. We took them both in and someone took the female dog, which is funny because his name is Marshall. Because when we got them, we didn't know their names. So we named them Marshall and Lily from How I Met Your Mother. Mm -hmm. And it was a, we thought a funny, clever name. And then we got rid of the girl. So now we just have a dog named Marshall, <laughs> which is not cool. Um, but yeah, so just pray for us. If we keep him, we keep him. We just want it to be not just something where, you know, we live in a small house, no yard, no park, no anything. And yeah, I'm sure it stinks for him. He just kind of sits there in the hallway because all there is is a hallway. So he's just always like stumbling over him. And mm -hmm. I'm sure he's not happy. But anyways, pray for us there. Pray also um, my religious accommodations appeal got extended. So I got a little extra time before I got to send that up. So just pray that um, things are working, hopefully in our favor, that I may eventually be able to continue my career mm -hmm. or that God's will would be done. And, you know, I separate peaceably and go about my very merry business. So, mm -hmm. yep. Um, before we dive into the news, news of the week, I just want to mention Cardinal. As always, Cardinal Contingency Solutions. Um, one cool thing that they do that we haven't really mentioned on here before is they do um, rites of passage, which is a really neat thing that I got to see them do last year, which is basically 
you know, 17 to 18 year old men. Um, I saw them take this young man out, a Christian young man. You know, his dad wanted him to go through a rite of passage, which which is something, you know, ancient cultures used to do, Greece and Sparta and all these places. You would have to prove your manhood before you'd be like accepted into the family as a man. And so his dad wanted to do something like that. So Cardinal, they, you know, took him out for a week in the state forest and just ran him through the ringer. <laughs> um, the kid held up. Uh I think it was about five to six days in the woods with just a whole host of, you know, things to learn and skills to prove on. And basically did you say just, that he was the one who did it barefoot. Yeah, this kid was barefoot. You know, like they actually the instructors had to tell him, like, hey, man, we're about to go walk like six miles through the deep woods. You have to put shoes on because <laughs> like if you get a cut in your foot and it gets infected and you're out here alone, you die like that's unwise. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, so it's kind of a cool way of like, you know, testing somebody's metal, right? Can they survive? Can they do the things men at least used to do in this world? <laughs> so it's a cool thing if, you know, that's something that might pique your interest. If you've got a young um, son that you think a rite of passage would be kind of a neat once in a lifetime experience, Cardinal can do that for you. So just jump on their website as always. Um, the links will be down in the show notes. You can go check those out hit those guys up and see what they have to offer. And then lastly, before we get to the news, I just want to mention again, we are members of the Christian podcast community, which is a community of about 50 good Christian men and women hosting their own podcasts. And, um, you can, I'll try to, yeah, I have their show or their sort of page, page, I guess, linked in the show notes. Um, so all of our podcasts are on the same like sort of group stream. So you can just jump on there, check them all out. We're actually going to be scheduling that interview with the sort of founder of the Christian mm-hmm. podcast community, um, Andrew Rappaport, right here with his Rap Report podcast. And that's actually going to be our sermon recommendation at the end of the show. We'll get into that later, but I listened to one of his podcasts. Um, he's a pastor, podcaster, good dude. So that'll be um, down in the show notes, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show. So, all right, take a second, <laughs> catch your breath before we get into our uh, valley of the shadow of death. So we take a look at the news of the week, and then we're gonna try to get through these first couple stories quickly because there was really only one story this week, right? I mean, everyone kind of understands that (laughs) Will Smith and Chris Rock sort of took over the nation. Um, And we're going to dive into that story in some detail uh, here in a little bit. But I do want to just touch on a few sort of cultural issues and Christian issues before we get there that I did Mm -hmm. see in the news this week that I thought was interesting. Um, So this week in the world of society and sort of culture's war on Christianity, if you guys were tracking this, um, Disney was exposed with, mm-hmm. you know, what many already kind of believe to be true, yeah. you know, they've been doing for years. Right. And it just seems like this keeps happening. People are like Disney's exposed. And you're like, yeah, they've been doing this forever. Right. And they're like another year later, like Disney's exposed. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, dude, they've been perverts forever. I don't know why that's new, but anyways, if you want to read this headline, honey, is it from the blaze? Yeah. It says leaked videos show Disney employees boasting about forcing LGBT agenda into content. Yep. And then just, yeah, you want to read through that uh, paragraph. Yeah. Leaked videos show Walt Disney Company executives and other high level employees boasting about implementing a gay agenda through the company's work, whose primary audience is children. Mm, yep. Get lined up for them Disney Plus subscriptions, huh? Well, um, yeah. A lot of adults watch Disney, though, too, though, like a lot. Oh, they love yeah. it. I mean, yeah, for sure. They had, what was it? So it's funny the, that uh, people don't, like, notice everything. Well, because they have Star yeah. Wars and stuff on that's there. That's true, yeah. I know a lot of people watch. I can't remember, whatever that show, The Mandalorian, that's what it was. And I never saw that. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. Star Wars is for tweeners. I said it. <laughs> Luke kissed his sister, for God's sake. Anyways. 
if you're interested in talking <laughs> about Star Wars, reach out to me in the comments. Um, but there was this extra quote down here. Um, if you want to read this quote. Okay. Um, Disney corporate president. Oh, God. That's not what I what wanted. What did you do? Oh. <laughs> Disney corporate president. Uh, Carrie Burke says, as the mother of one transgender child and one pansexual child, she supports having many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories and wants a minimum of 50% of characters to be LGBTQIA and racial minorities. First off, <laughs> so here, this is a lady that's a Yikes. corporate president for Disney. <sighs> Really doing a stellar job raising those kids, huh? A transgender. I read somewhere like nobody can even really define what a pansexual is, yet she knows that her child is already that. So that's great that they're running corporations. I'm sure she's got a really solid foundation inside of her. But I think oh, why this man. story is important and what stu you know, stood out to me is I think this sort of highlights the fact that like that nature versus nurture argument is really just being settled mm -hmm. before our eyes. You know, that's an argument that we've been having forever about like homosexuality. And then more recently, the transgenderism, you know, is it nature or is it nurture? Um, but we're seeing really that a small minority might be nature, mm -hmm. but it looks like the vast majority in our day is nurture. We can see it because I was just thinking about like, there's no way this many um teens especially are just being born with a you know different mindset of different no, it's, identity it's completely that is nurture. not nature like what happened to cause that to be a nature like incident or change like what changed their dna like how are they explaining it it makes sense it's got to be global warming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but we're uh, going to relink a video that we had talked about and posted last year at some point when we did our sort of LGBTQ and Christianity um, series. I'll try to link those three episodes we did kind of talking about the homosexual, uh, homosexual sort of infiltration of the church. But we did a we had a video on there called Science, the Transgender Phenomenon in the Young. Um, where it was done at Hillsdale College, where the girl basically highlights the, the fact that kind of what Disney's telling you they're doing, that this transgenderism and this homosexuality thing is sort of a social contagion, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's being dumped on our kids constantly from a very young age. Social media is just pounding it into them in their minds constantly. And we're really seeing it take root in a lot of young kids. Like you said, there's no way that there was just something in nature Mm -hmm. That happened to go from like, well, 1% of kids are homosexual and transgender to where it's like, now it's, you know, 10% and 15% and they're all, you know, pansexual, metrosexual, like, it's got to be something. Yeah. And we're seeing Disney's telling you, yeah, it's something, it's us, you know, it's companies like us. So, and we talked just last week about ESPN, who is a Disney company, Disney owns ESPN. And they made their, you know, moment of silence for the LGBTQ community. And they're standing with perverts in Florida to teach your kids, you know, how to live sexually immoral lifestyles. Mm. And so they're trying to get the sports kids, too. Um, this isn't just for the kids sitting at home watching Dora the Explorer or whatever's on Disney+. Plus. They're coming for the sports kids, too. I mean, they're coming for everybody. So, um, but yeah, again, you may push back on the whole nature versus nurture thing, but Disney's execs, they're telling you, yeah, we believe it's nurture. Yeah, so that's what they're saying. So we're going to start saying. making sure that it's nurture. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. so I don't know. Do what you want with Disney. Um, I can't imagine that there's a reason under the sun to keep watching that. Uh, I mean, Disney's basically doing everything they can to help send your kids to hell. And if you're just like, yeah, but the Mandalorian's good. I don't know. I don't really know how to help. With I don't that. know. They're in everything. You just have to. I don't think people are all gonna boycott. Oh no, Disney. Well, and but everything here's the thing own. too, because boycotting should we? Of course we should, right? We shouldn't be subjecting ourselves to companies that hate our faith, hate our God, and want to send our kids to hell. Of course we should be boycotting that. 
but I don't think it matters. Um, because I think at this point, these companies, they sort of align themselves with these global elites that are moving the world in this direction, at least the Western world in this direction. And, you know, the global elites, they run countries and those elites that run countries, what do they run it with your money? So like, as long as these companies line up with these global elites, like, I don't think your eyeballs anymore make a big difference in their bottom line because they just keep marching down this path, no matter how many people turn off the TVs. I mean, maybe enough of us will turn them off that it will wake them up, but I don't know. I'm not sure that they need us anymore. I think we've sort of I know, I know slid what you mean. Past because they're point. just they don't, because that's why they're just I mean, they're just saying they're the goal is to get as many characters to yeah, be. Because they're this. like, we don't really care if those, you know. Because it's the same thing with the sports leagues, right? Like the people that watch sports are conservative, religious Americans by and large. And all the sports leagues are like, yeah. we don't care. We're not placating to them anymore. We can lose their audience. Guys, We're- we have like no form of entertainment anymore. Like we just have to turn everything off. And it's good though. I saw a quote by uh, Vody Bacham that I retweeted today. And I'm sure you guys have heard it in the past, but it was like, you can avoid persecution completely as long as you compromise. So like, yeah, you yeah. don't have to struggle with any of this. You can watch everything under the sun that you want if you compromise. If you go, well, my faith really isn't that important. Uh, you know, sheltering my kids from this wickedness really isn't that important. You can, you don't have to suffer any of the persecution. <laughs> you know, life's great. Man. So we have one more story sort of in this vein. And this one comes from the Christian Post. And if you want to read this headline, honey. It says, Katy Perry encourages American Idol singer to shock Christian parents with his own same-sex song. Mm, thank you, Katy Perry. I didn't expect just... her to say anything. It wasn't wicked. No. Uh, Sunday's episode of American Idol featured a young man named Israel McFarland, whose religious upbringing caused him to rebel against his mother. Uh, with his songs. During his audition, he was encouraged by Judge Katy Perry, who also used music to rebel against her pastor parents. Yep. And then it says down here, um, Judge Perry, a pastor's daughter who is a secular pop star, said she could relate to his upbringing. She encouraged him to rebel against his religious past by writing a song titled, I Kissed a Boy and I Liked It a reference to her own song about same-sex kiss. And then she goes on and says, all right, Israel, what Satan music are you going to share with us today? Um, which is good. At least she just went out and highlighted exactly that it was satanic. what yeah. it was that they were you know, going to listen <laughs> it to. It is a spiritual thing. How old was she when she had that first song? Like I mean, early 20s, she I'd was imagine. Still, I just wonder, okay, you know, we've talked about pastors, um raising their kids is she like an example of what like Furtick's son is could turn into are were they fostering that in her and encouraging her to get in the spotlight like that you know they must have what kind of i never really looked into what kind of pastors they were maybe they're like a Furtick. i don't know i don't know because it goes against everything nicole martin told us last week where she said that her children learned from her being faithful in ministry right so I don't know where Katy Perry missed the mark because her exactly. dad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe because he's a white male and Nicole Martin's a black female. It's completely different. Who knows? <laughs> but why I think this was important, um, what I wanted to highlight this for, um, you know, obviously what Katy Perry is encouraging this young man to do here is sinful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to encourage your child or anybody's child to rebel against his parents is sinful. You know, in Exodus 20, verse 12, I mean, there's tons of verses, but honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So Katy Perry would rather him dishonor her parents and die young. So that's wonderful. Mm. Um, But the bigger reason to bring this up, and along with Disney Plus, right, is that the reason, um, or really the reason that we're talking about it is just to make a distinction that like this isn't the 50s, 60s and 70s or even 80s and 90s, right? I mean, with where, you know, TV shows and stuff like that where it might not have been Christian 
it kind of been secular, but it was still wholesome. You know, we grew up for us, like, and sad as we talk about Will Smith later, but the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was a relatively wholesome show in a sense. The Cosby show, obviously, you know, I Love Lucy and all these shows, like it wasn't Christian, but it was wholesome in a sense. And we're in an age now where like TV and media and entertainment, it's like cut and dry. Like it's either kingdom of God or kingdom of darkness. And yeah, it's it, easy to see the difference today. Like there should be no confusion. Yeah. And I mean, maybe if you had social media in the fifties and you were reading about what, you know, actresses and actors did then and believed, then maybe it'd be different, mm-hmm. but we didn't have access to that. So you were naive, <laughs> but like, you know, Nikki made a point earlier that like we're in a sheep and goats time, um, like a time of separation and we need to decide what side we're on, you know, lukewarm, I think in today's world is in the devil's camp. It is. Yeah. Like maybe in the past it wasn't, you could have gotten away with being lukewarm. Uh, I don't think so anymore. So, you know, watching things like American Idol, I think is to allow, you know, yourself to be subjected, like we said with Disney, to people who hate God and hate your faith. And, you know, with us as parents, you know, we've talked before about being helicopter parents. That's a kind of a derogatory term. We're big fans of being a helicopter parent. And this is why, um, you know, you've got to be an example to your children. You got to shield your children. But like, being an example, it's like in everything. Yeah. Um, Cause they're watching you. That's the truth of it. They see how you interact yeah. with people, how you behave. Um, you know, sad for Will Smith's kids. They see how you behave, but they also see what you watch and entertain yourself with. Right. That's true. So if you're like, Hey, go watch veggie tales. And then you're <laughs> watching game of Thrones. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, and yeah. they hear what you hear, the music and stuff like that. So you know, they're watching you and what you do influences them. It influences the kind of people that they're going to grow up to be, whether they grow up to be godly or worldly. And I know. Can you say, follow me? I think we've talked about that a long time ago. One of the first episodes, like, can you say, follow me to your kids? And they can literally walk around and follow everything you're doing. Like, It should be. I mean, that should be, be the goal. Yeah. It wouldn't so. be anything you wouldn't want them to see or hear. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. So I just think, man, that's important to kind of make that distinction. Um, we're going to skip this next story just in the sake of time. I don't want to keep you guys here for another, you know, two hour episode. Um, but just know, um, we'll pull it up here if you're watching. Um, Christianity today, today's Christianity. They're out there promoting um, evangelicals looking to harmonize Genesis with evolution, which is great. Um, And then they're furthering the narrative on, oh, where did I have that story at? I lost it. Um, Furthering the narrative on basically, you know, what it means to be a biblical woman. Um, Mm. So maybe we'll talk about that stuff later, but I want to get onto the Will Smith stuff because we want to keep this relatively short, not relatively short, not terribly long. Yeah. I think that's better. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, the story that dominated the news this past week, um, you know, it was the smack heard around the world, right? Um, <laughs> with Will Smith and Chris Rock. And, you know, we're fortunate in a sense with our show because it comes out on Saturday. So we've basically had an entire week now to sort of digest what happened and the fallout from it, um, seeing what other people are saying, friends, family, and all that sort of stuff. But, Mm -hmm. you know, this has really been itching to talk about this for me Um, and for a lot of different reasons, you know, and really least of them was Will Smith smacking Chris Rock Um, because that's not really what captured my thought or my thoughts, you know. That isn't... There's just so many things you can discuss about this. Like people make it an issue of sticking up for your wife. And then a lot of people are unaware of what their marriage is like, which they openly discussed, let people know. And yeah, the biggest thing for me is just the way Christians supported um, his reaction. Yeah. I don't care that he did it. I care what Christians, that they agreed with it. 
Right. And that's really what we're going to get into here. Um, obviously, this is a Christian show, so we're going to talk about the Christian angle of this. But um, yeah, I mean, really, it's just the implications, the fallout from this that's bothered me. Um, and like she said, just seeing that Christian reaction, uh, it really unsettled me. And that's how we want to come at this story. I mean, do you expect anything good to come out of Hollywood? <laughs> I mean, no, not at all. <laughs> and I had mentioned before, I think last week, maybe that uh, the Senate during uh, Judge Jackson's hearing was maybe the most wicked place in the country. I think I misspoke because it's probably most certainly that auditorium that the Oscars was held in. And nobody knew about the Oscars unless this happened. Like nobody they was didn't. aware. But that's probably <laughs> the most sinful place in our country yeah. uh, right there. So, but yeah, the first aspect of this story, obviously the smack, right? And we didn't watch the Oscars. Nobody watched the Oscars. So the argument that this was staged, it holds water, at least oh, in that yeah. sense. But I don't think it was. But they're actors. They were. They're always. Or they are, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but really, as this, you know, Sunday night, this happens. We're in bed and just scrolling through my phone. And I start seeing the stories pop up and the tweets pop up. And, you know, I'm like, I don't, didn't even realize the Oscars was on. Um, so I went and checked out the video. And it really upset me when I watched it. Like, uh, more than I would have assumed that it would have upset me. Um, like my mind was racing and again, the him smacking him wasn't it, but like my mind was racing on like the societal impact of what this was. And for whatever reason, that's where my mind went to. And, um, like the idea that because of a joke, someone would get up on stage at an internationally broadcast event and physically harm the comedian that just tossed out a joke from the stage that's been done a thousand times before and then as if that wasn't outrageous enough to just have the assailant go and sit back down curse to the man that he just hit and no one do anything he just sits in his seat and then gets comforted to make it worse by those around him and then even goes back up on stage later to receive the most prestigious award of the night the best actor award like staggering <laughs> like you know I don't think something has shook me that bad, like that quickly in a long time. And I don't necessarily know why, but man, when I saw it, like my heart was racing and like my mind was just going a thousand miles. I couldn't even really sleep that much that night. I had no idea that he was up. I didn't know this happened. I had, I got up the next day and I actually had on my mind. I was like, on my heart was like, um, love the brethren. And I was like, I need to, I'm going to write down some names of people I need to check up on. Um, and just, you know, my mind was just thinking about love the brethren. And then I, I don't know, after I wrote down some names, like people to pray for or whatever to, you know, call and check on. And, and then I hopped on Facebook and I see discord among the brethren. And I thought, I think God wants me to really focus on <laughs> what I was focusing on when I woke up and to not get all heated and acting out in anger and just being a hypocrite, you know, because right. you're not supposed to moment. even like we got to watch our mouth and watch what we're typing and everything. And I was just like, what is going on? What is this? I didn't know. Like the whole feed. I was like, what did I miss? And I didn't even talk to Spencer yet. He was, you were probably up here typing something out about it already, but yeah, no, I, I literally, no I mean, I do my TikTok devotionals, you know, in the morning and usually I'll drink a cup of coffee and do a TikTok, and I think I recorded that TikTok video. It was about Will Smith and them. I probably recorded it 18 times, just trying to get my words right. And then I posted it and deleted it, went back, and it was like six hours later, I came back from work and stuff and sat back down and finally recorded properly. Because um, it, it really hit me, it shook me. And you know, I've heard other commentators throughout the week, I think rightly, um, mention this because i think it's spot on i think that this is cancel culture growing and maturing what we're seeing in our nation and it's terrifying um, and i think that quote by john wesley fits perfectly here mm -hmm. um, in that quote he says what one generation tolerates the next generation will embrace mm -hmm. and we have tolerated this cancel culture world for years now and i think here is will smith embracing it mm -hmm. 
you know, because he's not just sending the Twitter mob to go and attack Chris Rock for a joke he didn't like. Mm -hmm. He's escalating it, right? He's like, you won't say what I don't want you to say. And I think you'd be foolish if you think that this is where it stops. Like, and this may be far out there, but I don't think we're too far off from watching people be killed for stuff like this. Yeah, but this is like, you brought up before like black on black it could be crime like do black lives matter to black people well and again and i made that claim on facebook and that's where all of the uh the arguments really started and that wasn't my intention but i've told you guys plenty of times on here to go listen to jason whitlock i'm obviously not black i don't understand the black community the way he does but i just mentioned that you know how this makes the black community look where these two icons like this is what's been a problem since Black Lives Matter and stuff where mm-hmm. it's like, and again, this isn't my thoughts. These are Jason Whitlock's, right? About mm-hmm. the way that the black community is so prone to just act out in violence and to see two icons really in the black community and just American society act out in violence over something so trivial. Yeah, um, like they're up front. They know that he's going to, say something to them right and like, it was just a throwaway joke it was a yeah. stupid joke it wasn't even funny um but yeah i mean and again you're talking about if kids are watching this and seeing this and oh okay so if will smith somebody says something he doesn't like he just walks up and hits him in the mouth yeah like someone disrespects me i'm gonna go up and hit him in the mouth instead of teaching people to be civil uh i mean how much more powerful would it have been if will smith had come out after the fact, I mean, there's 10,000 reporters there. And he said, hey, you know what Chris Rock said? You know, it was hurtful. My wife is suffering. We've got to stop taking these cheap shots at people. You know, he could have right. went a thousand different ways that was unifying. But instead, he threw it all away. Um, so yeah. it was just, it really shook me. Um, really shook me watching there's that. There's a different way to teach about when you're offended. And yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that he completely blew it. Um, but again, what made that worse? Um, yeah, because like I talked about, that's a sinful place, the Oscars, um, you know, so the fact that like Satan's children are having a squabble doesn't really bother me all that much, but what did bother me was the Christian reaction to it. Um, because that's really what I think really started my heart to like pounding when I'm laying in bed and my mind Mm. to start racing. Um, cause again, I caught wind of this on Twitter and then watched the video and kind of went back. And as I'm scrolling through and Facebook and stuff, you know, people that I follow on Twitter, Christian men and women, you know, are sitting there applauding Will Smith mm-hmm. for what he did, for standing up for his woman is what they keep claiming. You know, I heard Christians say, um, well, you know, I don't know how I would have handled it in that situation. You know, like it was just, it blew my mind because uh, like plain and simple, Matthew 5, 9, you see it on the wall behind us, but Christians are called to be peacemakers. That is what we are called to be. Like, there isn't even like a doctrinal dispute about that. And you're supposed to leave room for God's wrath. You're supposed to forgive. Like, that is not, we're not expecting Will Smith to act that way, but Christians agreeing Yeah, that's the thing. Is the problem. It's not that Will Smith didn't act like a Christian. He's not a Christian. Um, in my opinion, but for other real believers to get out there and go, they're learning yeah. from him instead of learning from scripture. Yeah. That's and the problem. we'll just cover a few. I mean, there's too many verses to cover here about being a peacemaker, but uh, let me see if I have them pulled up here. Uh, I don't have these ones pulled up, but Romans twelve eighteen, if possible, so far as it depends on you live peaceably with all. And then if you want to read Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Yep. And then um, like it has on our board behind us, if you're watching, Matthew 5.9, our Lord tells us that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just when hearing Christians say that, you know, wills should be commended for what he did. Uh, I think it's just quite plainly wrong. I don't think there's any other way to slice that. I think 
it's Christians, like you mentioned, allowing sort of this secular, worldly, and as I would put it, a satanic values influence their Christian thoughts. Well, he said, if we're going to base uh, our reactions off of, well, love makes you do crazy things, that was his excuse. We can use that excuse on anything. We're like, sorry, love compelled me. Yeah. I couldn't control myself. Sorry, I was speeding, officer, but love makes you do crazy things. Like, no, it's idiotic. And we'll get to the love piece here in a minute. Um, but even for that same idea of like this being valiant, right, to protect his wife, oh, it's gosh. nonsensical to me. Um, you know, to protect your wife from some throwaway joke from a comedian, like for God's sakes, you're at a comedy event and a comedian cracks a joke on you. Um, and then to think that because of that throwaway joke, you have the sort of responsibility, basically is what Christians are saying, to go and strike the man and then curse you're at him. you're there and you're in front row, you're letting him know it's okay if you crack a joke on us. Yeah, that's like, like going to a restaurant and being overweight and the waiter's like, can I get you something to eat? And you're like, oh, how, excuse me, sir. <laughs> How dare you think I'm hungry? Like, you're at a restaurant, right? Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, no, I mean, Christians would say, get up and punch the man in the mouth for daring. It's stupid, right? It's nonsensical. Um, so, again, I think this is worldly, satanic thinking. Um, and, again, I'm not going to say that there's never a time for violence. Um, I was actually talking to my kids about this story. I sat them down and used it as a teaching opportunity. Um, but I think that Christians are wanting to just mix like secular thoughts of chivalry mm-hmm. with like biblical masculinity. Um, Cause yeah. Christ never said, you know, blessed are the peacemakers unless the joke is off putting and then do whatever you want. Right. Um, Cause I, you know, I can't give you a scripture on the whole violence thing. Um, but in my opinion, what I told my kids is that violence is an option when violence is the only option. Um, and here, obviously, Will Smith, this was not the only option. You know, it's like if somebody calls Nikki ugly, you know, obviously they're an idiot. Um, so you can feel sorry for them, right? But maybe you can pray for them or do what you can to de-escalate and just sort of get away from the situation, be a peacemaker. Um, now, that's different if they come up to choker or if they're moving like aggressively to try to put hands on her, that's a violent situation. So it needs to be met with violence. I think that's different than what Mm -hmm. we see here where it's just a defenseless comedian making like a friendly joke from what it sounds like. And you just overreacting. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So nothing about what happened to Jada. Um, or will, for that matter, required a violent response. And Christians should have universally condemned this action. Um, well, he laughed at first anyway. I right. see that. He thought it was funny. Right. So I don't think this was staged, but I think it was an act. I think Will knew what he had to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was at all offended or upset about it, but I think he knew. And again, that was sort of that problem with a societal impact where like you can see somebody basically in his brain switch like, Ah, that's kind of funny. Oh, snap. I got to go and be like the tough guy right now. Like that's what they're expecting of me. And um, it's a dangerous precedent to set. I think she told him to slap him. Because how can you in your own mind be like laughing and then go, okay, I'm going to slap him. Like he could have just stopped laughing and said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have laughed to his wife. Right, there's a thousand different things he should have done. Um, But yeah, so what Will did was a sin. Christians should not be applauding sin. Um, And Paul tells us in Galatians 5, he says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Their sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, um, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So fits of anger, strife, divisions are works of the flesh. Christians have got to know this and you can't applaud works of the flesh even when it makes you feel good. Because I get it, man. If you got a girl 
whatever. And you're like, oh, no one's talking to my lady like that. Like, that's where fruit of the spirit's got to take over and self-control, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, and then later, Ephesians 4.26, the apostle tells us, in your anger, do not sin. Um, mm-hmm. So Will blew it in a lot of different ways. And Christians can't be standing there getting his back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a terrible look for Christianity. Um, and it's just, yep. I think, quite frankly, unbiblical. Um, yeah. So thinking on, like, how did Christians get this so wrong so fast? Um, and we were in the car taking the kids to Awana's on Wednesday, and you were reading through Joshua, and you came across Joshua 1.8. And mm-hmm. do you want to read Joshua 1.8? Uh, It says, God commanded Joshua, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Yeah, I was thinking like, okay, the first, like the commandment to meditate on it day and night. Like if you're not even meditating on it, you're not going to do anything else it says. Like we fail in the first step to even open it up and meditate on it. Yeah, I mean, because nobody, by and large, meditates on his word, you know, even in the body, right, anymore. Nobody meditates on his words. I pulled up um, statista.com, and it said in 2021, 11% of U.S. adults read the Bible every day. 11%. So we don't meditate on it. Therefore, we simply don't know the word of God. So I think largely, we don't even know how we're supposed to react, right? So when Mm -hmm. the world, the secular world tells us, yeah, that's chivalrous, you stand up for your woman, and we're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you stand up for the the downtrodden. And you just start applying like secular thought and wrapping it into, I guess, Christian doctrine, which is, you know, not hard to understand, right? We've read story after story from Christianity today. That's what they're doing. They're wrapping secular thought and trying to tie it into Christian doctrine. So you just get twisted because we don't actually read the words. So Even we don't those know. who are evil know how to do good. Like when we read those who are evil know how to give good gifts to their children. But that also applies to things like this. Even evil people defend um, those that they love but they don't do it in the right way. They don't do it in a way that glorifies God or with self-control. They just go crazy in a rage. Yeah. And that yeah, anger. maybe that love does make you do crazy things, but the love of God is going to help you be self-controlled and do it in a way that gl- does glorify God. It should. Um, but that second point here that we wanted to mention on Will's uh, or about Will Smith was his award acceptance speech um because here again i heard christian men and the most notable one i heard that really shocked me was steve dace if you guys are familiar with him he has a podcast on the blaze um generally i really like steve dace and i think he's a pretty smart dude on faith matters for the most part i think he was a pastor or he's very biblically sound um, and speaks openly about it but he backed this notion that Will Smith was pushing that, like Nikki mentioned, love will make you do some crazy things. Um, and that's what he says over here in, um, in his acceptance speech. Mm-hmm. But love will make you do some crazy things, um, you know, like apparently violent, unprovoked things. Um, and again, this goes against what we're taught in Scripture. And that's what we have love to Love is use. crazy. Love is not kind. That's what he's telling you, right? (laughs) Love is out of control. It's crazy. But 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 tells us um, that love is patient. It says love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, um, but rejoices with the truth. says love (laughs) bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. I was so, just thinking of that song, Reckless Love of God. Love makes you do crazy things. Yeah, God's just recklessly doing things. That's where they get it from, that song. But in that whole list there, you didn't read Out of Control and Violent. That wasn't in there, right? Um, 
might have been an oversight by the apostle and the Holy Spirit. I'm assuming it was done on purpose. Um, and again, like we met, uh, mentioned earlier, those fits of anger being sinful, um, they're acts of the flesh, uh, and therefore they're sinful. Mm-hmm. So I just think Christians, again, you know, here, like we talked about being, um, like being able to define sort of what sin is and then not applauding it. You know, we can't accept the world's idea of what love is and what it looks like. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like she mentioned, let's look at what Will's idea of love is that he's talking about that makes him do crazy things. And is it love that makes him crazy? Or is it something different? Because his idea of love, he has a sexually immoral open marriage with his wife. Mm -hmm. So letting other men sleep with his wife is love to him Mm. and him sleeping with other women is somehow love also. And then allowing apparently a Jezebel wife to rule their household and their family outside of God's design, you know, at least from the way it looks on the outside in, that's all love to will. And Christians are being like, yeah, man, love makes you do crazy things. No, like demonic things make you do crazy things. Yeah. And his marriage is demonic. It is like that's a demonically influenced marriage. That is not a biblically sound love, like loving relationship. So you can't sit there and be like, love makes me do crazy things. No, dude, a demonic marriage to a Jezebel wife makes you do crazy things. I don't know. So maybe he was trying to prove something to her. Maybe he maybe he really doesn't want their marriage like that. And well, and again, there's a lot of backstory to that you know, as far as Will Smith's upbringing, but really the backstory doesn't matter, right? Like, where are you today? Um, And today, this is where he is. So um, we can't, as Christians, let Satan tell us what love is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not his to decide. It's God's to decide, and he's already defined it. So uh, I just think that's a bad look on them. And the last bit here on Will, um, and I think it ties in with sort of, we didn't get to our article on Christianity Today, Um, but again, it was more of that watering down of Christian doctrine, basically really the story was about, uh, we talked about the one they were trying to find a way to make Genesis and evolution work, which basically they left out all of the points except, or they left out all the biblical ideas and they just brought in a bunch of scientific ideas. They never bring in biblical. (laughs) And then you tie that back to the reimagining biblical womanhood that we talked about. And then this article we're skipping today, but it was more about, well, I mean, how do you define woman? Because it's been really difficult all throughout time. You know, they're basically trying to give a layup to Judge Jackson so they can bring her into the Christian fold too. Um, Mm. So I think looking at those kind of stories with Will Smith, um, what I went to was that this is sort of a ploy of the evil one. Um, And Will Smith may not even know that he's, you know, being played by the evil one. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this idea that, uh, or the idea of, of Christianity that Will Smith espouses, um, in the same type of Christianity that the reimagining biblical womanhood, women speakers want to share, you know, this is Christianity. I think that Satan's comfortable with like Satan yeah. doesn't care at all. There's no absolute think. truth with anything. Yeah, I it, saw this really good quote today. Mm-hmm. I forget who um, wrote the article or the video, but there was a quote in there that I really liked. It said, modern science teaches that everything that is obvious isn't true. Like you can't trust reality. You can't trust your senses with anything. Like with the whole evolution thing or the gender thing or even, you know, if they're trying to go the evolution route. I'm like, well, you can't see the Big Bang Theory in Genesis either. You're like, you're a fish. You're like... Then why are there still fish? <laughs> Shut up, idiot. You're like, All right, I don't know. Um, no, I mean, I think that's true. They're making you, yeah, deny what your eyes see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think Satan really cares if you call yourself a Christian, so long as you don't back that up with any real Christian I think value. he wants you to say you're a Christian just so it mocks the name of God. It just misrepresents him. It makes all the other nations... Be like, well, your God is really weak. You, who is your God? You won't even follow what his word says. 
Well, and it keeps you from actually going to find that true and saving faith. Because if you can come in to the umbrella of Christianity like a Will Smith and not actually live any biblical principles in your life, but you just think you're a Christian, then you're, I would say, less likely to go the rest of the way to a real saving knowledge. You'll just get to that sort of fake, make you feel good Christianity and stop. Mm-hmm. And Satan doesn't care. You're not doing anything against him or for the kingdom. You're doing more harm to the kingdom of God by just being sort of a watered down, um, basically blaspheming Christianity mm-hmm. with your lifestyle and the things you say and do. So I think there's probably a larger play here. And that's why it's so dangerous when we allow the media and these people to push out like, oh, Judge Jackson, she's a Protestant and a non-denominational. No, she's not a Christian. Like, oh, Will Smith, he's speaking about God and his love. And no, he's not a Christian. You got to, you know, you judge a tree by the fruit, right? We say it all the time. Will Smith Smith has no Christian fruit on his tree. His family's a wreck. He's obviously given into fits of anger. Uh, Like his children, his household is in shambles. Like there is no good fruit on his tree Mm -hmm. that would tell you he's not a Christian. So We can't let them define what a Christian is to us. We've got to be resolute in our faith and our understanding of faith. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, we don't, we're not theologians or pastors. We say this all the time. So if we're off base on this, please let us know. But um, I just want to end sort of reading through 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9, because I thought it's very fitting. Um, just to see if this sounds like sort of what we're being told, you know, in American Christianity. Um, It says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, Hmm. burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Hmm. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain Mm. to all, as was that of those two men. So does any of that sound like what we're witnessing today in American Christianity? It's kind of scary. If it's not plain to people who call themselves Christians, like that makes me scared for their soul. Right. That they don't see it. It's just telling me they're blind right i pulled up romans eleven eight here if you want to read that oh it says god has given them a spirit of stupor eyes that they should not uh, see and ears that they should not hear to this very day so i do think yeah i mean obviously we know god ordains and god um is sovereign over all but like yeah i think for those who don't see yeah they don't see they're not going to see but for the rest of us who eyes are open you got to be you know we've said before you got to draw your line you can't let the world influence your thinking and your christianity because the more watered down it gets um the less effective we get as a faith and as a community of believers you know churches keep getting bigger and we keep losing more influence you know, so what's happening, right? And I think it's because we're getting this watered down worldly version of Christianity that makes us feel good. We get to tell people we're living for God without actually doing anything about it. Um, yeah, I mean, we're pointing to people in Hollywood that say they're Christian and we're like, let's imitate them instead of reading our Bible and learning how to imitate Jesus. Like Next time someone looks at my wife, I'm hitting them just like that good Christian Will Smith. You're like, <laughs> all right, uh, don't do that. Um, yeah. So as we end this discussion on Will Smith, like we're certainly not trying to be overly harsh or critical, um, because we care for, you know, your faith and our faith. And we want to see it lived out by us and by all believers. 
not just, you know, talked about, but actually lived out. Um, so again, if you think that we're wrong on this, please jump on our social media, discuss it with us. You know, we want to know if we're getting something wrong and um, discuss that, you know, uh, civilly, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, or if maybe we just aren't clarifying things well enough, we want to do that. So, um, but yeah. also if you think that there was any truth in what we said, um, and maybe you thought differently earlier or maybe even said differently earlier, um, please consider going back and correcting that with those that you've talked to or the posts that you've made um, mm-hmm. and just redefine those lines in Christianity. Because um, again, I think we have to draw clear lines around our faith um, so that it doesn't get sort of drugged down by worldly, you know, so-called Christians. Yeah, that line won't be blurred if you are meditating on the word of God. Like, you'll see clearly, you'll see the blurred lines and it will be easier to stay on the straight and narrow to think the way you should think. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I just want to end this discussion on Will Smith. Um, and actually, you know, I think we're probably going to push our talk on chast or lust and chastity till next week. I don't want this to be another hour and a half long episode. It will be very long. Yeah. So we're going to end probably today talking about Will Smith. And I just want to end it on this idea of being a peacemaker. Um, mm-hmm. because our show religionless Christianity is that we got the name from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He's, you know, a favorite of ours here. And, I read, um, I have a book that I'll be linking down in the show notes. I encourage you to go pick it up. Um, It's Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Meditation on the Psalms. And um, there's a section in there where he's preaching on Psalms 85 verse 8. And it's really on this idea of peace and Christians being peacemakers in the world, which he was a huge advocate of. Um, He was a peaceful man himself until he realized he couldn't be anymore. Um, But in there, Bonhoeffer said, for the members of the ecumenical church, which from my understanding is just sort of the worldwide church, um, insofar as they hold to Christ, his word, his commandment of peace is more holy and and voluble, I can't say that, than the most revered words and works of the natural world. These brothers in Christ obey his word. They do not doubt or question, but keep his commandment of peace. They are not ashamed in defiance of the world, even to speak of eternal peace. They cannot take up arms against Christ himself, yet this is what they do if they take up arms against one another. Even in anguish and distress, uh, or even in anguish and distress of conscience, there is for them no escape from the commandment of Christ that there shall be peace. So I just want to reiterate that point. We are called to be peacemakers. That's got to be, and I know it's hard. <laughs> I know it's hard. It's not easy. I'm as guilty as anybody of giving into anger, um, lashing out, but that doesn't mean that you just accept it when you see it. We're told to bless our enemies, but just thinking on like sharing the gospel with someone, if someone does wrong to you and you do an act of kindness back to them, they're going to be like, why are you treating me kind? And And that's your opportunity to share the gospel with them. Say like, this is what God's done for me, and I want to share it with you, you know, this good news. Like, this isn't the way we're called to live, and and hopefully it, God, you know, he works all things out for our good. And so just thinking on it that way, um, like, don't sin in your anger. Like, think, okay, this person did wrong. That's what, you know, as a Christian— if you think about it that way, you would not agree what Will Smith did. Right, because if know? you think about it like Christ, and if we really should love people enough to be servants, to sacrifice, like we really care for their soul. Mm-hmm. Like Will Smith will never have an opportunity to share the gospel with Chris Rock in a real way again. He's completely slammed that door shut by embarrassing him on such a stage. Mm-hmm. Like he, not to say that Chris Rock... And I don't know his faith. I don't assume he's a Christian, but, and he may hear it from somebody else, but like Will Smith lost that opportunity forever to share the gospel with Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't think Will Smith is a Christian, but this is just for Christians. If you react to a situation that way, Mm -hmm. um, and you may say, good, I don't care. Screw that guy. 
I hate that guy, which again, that's a sinful thought, you know, keeping in mind where they're going for all eternity. Um, a -hmm. simple act, like a throwaway joke at an Oscars event should not be enough to where you're like, I don't care if you ever get saved. But that's showing unforgiveness too. Like you have an unforgiving heart. You've already sealed the deal that like you've unleashed your wrath on them. You didn't leave room for God's wrath. Like you're telling God pretty much, I won't forgive them. I'm going to hold on to this and I'm going to um, repay them myself. You're not trusting that God will do it. Yeah. So. Well, do you have any last thoughts on this before we get to our sermon recommendation? Uh, no. So, um, yeah, I just, man, I just want to encourage you guys to think on this, to pray on this. Because um, the, the thought just came to my mind, like, I mean, it's pride, right? It's pride for me to want to protect Nikki in a situation like that where it's not affecting her, right? But it's more, it's an insult to my masculinity. If you, you know, say something rude to her and I don't react to it. Yeah. And somehow it's an insult to my masculinity, which is, you know, I think maybe where Will Smith was going. And I think that's the way a lot of Christians took it. You know, you know there's no way I'd let someone talk to my girl like that. Um, and yeah. pride is a sin. I mean, as we're, you know, we're not able to get to our deadly sin today, but pride is that underlying sin that leads to all other sins. And we see that here. His pride led him to wrath, which is a sin that we just talked about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's just important, man. Pray on that. Um, ask for repentance where you've given in fits of anger. God is faithful and to forgive you. Um, forgive us. Forgive me. So um, that's it. Our sermon recommendation, like I mentioned, um, we are going to be having Andrew Rappaport coming on the podcast here pretty soon. But I listened to a really good uh, rap report, um, his main podcast here, The Rap Report. And it was a talk on demons, um, just sort of an, a deeper understanding of what they are, who they are, um, how they came about, all the, you know, kind of the deep dive. He had another pastor on there. I think his name was Jim Olson. He's another Christian podcast community fella. And they really brought up some pretty interesting points. And I'd be really curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this, because one of the points that they brought up that I came and talked to Nikki about And maybe if we remember, we'll talk to Andrew and see if he's flushed it out anymore. But there's the verse where I believe it's Paul who tells us that um, the righteous will even be judging angels. Um, You know, that's one of the things that the righteous, you know, once we die or whatever and get to heaven, we'll be judging angels is something Mm -hmm. that he says. And. I think most of us, when we hear that, you always understand that to be, we're going to be judging the fallen angels. But one of the questions that Jim Olson, the other pastor brought up, he's like, you know, in context of that verse, where it is, that book is talking about judging the brethren, right? The, the other brothers in the body of Christ. And then it talks about judging angels. So mm-hmm. my question for you guys, if you've thought about this, read this verse, um, what you think on this topic, um, he brought up the point like is he really telling us that we're going to be judging holy angels because god is the one really who judges you know hell and eternity so he made the point like maybe are we going to be judging the holy angels for what they've done in their service and for us and then i was like never would have thought about that i'm not saying he's right just curious i've never really thought about it so i haven't either really i would be curious to know what you guys think on the righteous that are going to be judging angels Um, but that is an important point that me and Nikki talked about when it comes to discerning things in this world, Mm. like Will Smith and anger and violence. Like if we can't get that right on this planet, (laughs) like, and we're going to be judged with condemning angels, judging angels in eternity, man, we got a lot of work to do to get like, Maybe you have in your mind, you can't judge anybody. I mean, Satan was bad. Surely was that bad. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he was just protecting his girl, right? Like, I mean, how 
it's you know we're mocking it obviously but like we got a lot of work to do me and nikki got a lot of work well i do she's fine but i got a lot of work to do you know if i'm going to be obviously we'll be in glorified bodies and glorified minds and all that but that's true we will see all things you know clearly like there won't be any confusion like will we have like the full the mind of christ like oh i hope so we won't be judging them in these bodies i hope so because there ain't no way we're doing it right now (laughs) but that's all we got go check out that podcast and then let us know in the comments come find us on social media what you think about judging angels because that's a fascinating take on it that i've never heard someone mention before so but otherwise that is all we got make sure you come check us out monday through friday for five minute daily devotionals and uh we back here next week hopefully talking about lust Um, and have an Andrew on soon. God bless.